Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. This is the podcast that airs weekly and we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, otherwise known as your procrastination prevention partner. I'm the author of The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. I help entrepreneurs and executive leaders to beat procrastination and become more profitable and productive on purpose. Now, I'm not alone. I've got some great gentlemen that will be joining me weekly on this podcast. I'll let them introduce themselves, starting with the business strategist and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Hey, thanks, Eric. This is, again, Ted Fells. I'm a all-around good guy, as Eric uh, uh, mentioned, a business strategist in the, the IT field. I have a, a small business, Nucor Vision, doing technology services and then provide consulting services to other small businesses. Um, I can say that Eric, uh, Eric does have a book, uh, as he mentioned, uh, focused on procrastination. I, I purchased that book and I have procrastinated in, in actually <laughs> reading the book, but I do have the, I do have the books. So I've been trying to, you know, I, I need Eric's help, uh, to, to, to procrast, uh, to, to prevent my procrastination, uh, and reading it and reading his book. So excited about the show. All right. Thank you, Ted. Don't procrastinate on reading the procrastination book. All right. So next, we've got Gary Johnson. He's our evil marketing genius. Uh, yep. Um, Gary, as I said, the evil marketing genius who does tons of experiments, mainly social experiments to help businesses. And that's the area of branding, marketing, social media, and whatnot to help them get more customers. And I do that not only through just marketing, but through technology as well. So, you know, we take small businesses and just bring them into the modern world, update them on what's going on, uh, what's on with their ads and the technology. What I, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, we take a small business, like a cupcake shop or something, get them on Uber Eats, uh, get them a new website, everything like that. And so I just do experiments all day to find the best solutions to do so. And that is the basics of what I do. All right, Gary. Thank you. Gary uh, has got a lot of marketing knowledge, and he, he's hit me up with some things on social media. I thought I was savvy, but he takes it to a whole other level. Next, we have Britton Smith. Now, Britton is the renaissance man, the man that refuses to be pigeonholed. Britton, tell us about yourself. All right. Uh, again, Britton Smith. I am a uh, government relations expert, millennial politico a retired stand-up comedian, a former uh, youth basketball coach, current youth advocate, education advocate, um, a semi-pro um, sports enthusiast. So again, just covering the gamut, you know, making sure um, I, I cover the, the whole landscape of, of, of things to do. Yeah, you, you got all the bases covered, Britton. <laughs> utility man extraordinary. <laughs> Every show needs a utility man. All right. Excellent. Well, we're going to get to our first topic. And, and that's sports. And, and the Super Bowl was a week ago. But I'm noticing this trend. I, I'm noticing this trend where everybody hates the Patriots. Hmm. I'm noticing this trend where everybody hates 
Tom Brady. Now, I posted something on social media. I said, hey, I think Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. And I can't repeat some of the feedback I got <laughs> from people on my social media stream disagreeing with me. But this is a family show. I can't tell you all the things they said. What's the deal with the hate of the New England Patriots? Ted, I'll throw that out there to you. You know, I, I experienced the same thing. I, you know, I, I posted uh, some 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 pictures and things about the Patriots, and I'm a I'm a Redskin fan, but I can appreciate the the greatness of of the Patriots. And I again, I also had people just constantly attacking. They talked about them cheating. They talked about you know just everything, all the reasons why they could justify not liking the not liking the Patriots. And I. And I just have a hard time understanding that because I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, these guys have been winning for like 20 some years. I mean, you know, I, I mean, can we just accept, you know, the the greatness of, of the team versus, you know, just looking for reasons to, uh, you know, to dislike them? Britton, what are your thoughts on that? It's, it's more so how you win, which makes people hate winners. People just have never really been comfortable with how the Patriots win. And it always seems um, um, a bit conspired, if you will, uh, just because people haven't gotten over. You can accept somebody winning, but, you know, a publicly known cheater who <laughs> continues to win after he's been found in cheating, you just never feel – people just never feel comfortable with how you with how they win and again as many ways as they've found to win we've seen that we as many ways as they've found to cheat <laughs> from deflating footballs to having a guy up in the bleachers recording practices i mean it's it people just aren't comfortable with how you it's it's the process so i guess i would assume that the majority of the the disdain for the patriots comes from how they do it yeah, that, that, that's an interesting thought, but I think it's not just the Patriots that people hate. People hate, used to hate the Yankees. They used to hate Notre Dame. They used to hate Duke. They used to hate Alabama. I, I think there's, there seems like there's this hate for greatness. Well, and see, and Eric, that's when I go back to it's the how you did it. You hate the Yankees because the Yankees had more money than everybody else, so all the Yankees did was buy the best player. Hmm. The Yankees, you know, you have... Uh, Teams that hated, you know, current the hate for Golden State because it seems like Golden State just has, for the past couple of seasons, gotten the best player available in free agency. So it's almost, it's still a process of how you're going about it that makes people hate it. Because uh, you, you also know everybody loves the underdog story. Yeah, true. Very so true. you know, bouncing that, you know, trying to parallel the. Underdog, the love for the underdog, you have to hate the big, ugly machine that, you know, a small market like Cincinnati could never compete with the Yankees because there's not more money in Cincinnati than there is in the Bronx. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. You know, somehow I don't think Tom Brady is sitting in a room crying because everybody hates him. Right, right, right. <laughs> Matter of fact, <laughs> I, I think he relishes that, and I think that that motivates him to. That. And that's one of the things I was thinking about. This it seems like the winners they're not going back and forth on social media with fans. They're they're focused on winning, and they, they kind of relish that opportunity 
to do it again and again. But you know, I'm, you know, kind of thinking about this whole underdog story, though. You know, the Patriots, they're what six and six and three. So right, they've won six Super right. Bowls and have lost three. And so no one ever really talks about the fact that they've lost. I mean, you think about the Giant. I mean, uh, the New York Giants. I mean, they had great success. They were, you know, during the, the Brady Belichick years, mm-hmm. the New York Giants have uh, have beaten the uh, Patriots both times they played them in the Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. you know, no one talks about that. I mean, Philadelphia. I mean, they they won last year. Yep. And you know, and yeah, everybody was happy for Philadelphia. And then how did the, how the Patriots address that? They got back to the Super Bowl again. Right. Right. You know, so I just still think there's a. You know, I think as Britton mentioned, the whole thing around underdogs is big. And then I think, you know, I don't know, you know, when they look at Tom Brady and they're like, man, you know, he's winning all these games. He's, he's got a, a, a supermodel wife. I mean, you know, just everything is going his way. <laughs> I guess it's one of those situations where it's like, well, he's making the rest of us just feel like losers. And we just like to see somebody that has it all going to, going to, going for them crash. And it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the, 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 the young uh, lady that's the uh, the head of the uh, the cheerleading squad, right? And she's dating the the, the professional the, uh, the the kid that's the star football player, star right? quarterback. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's like everybody they want her to fall when she's doing the cartwheel and mm-hmm. twist an ankle because just everything is perfect. It's yeah. kind of like Marsha Brady. <laughs> well, well, you know, you know that's funny. So there was the the big commercial, probably the best commercial of the Super Bowl was the NFL commercial where you had all the players, uh, retired players, former players, sitting around in a banquet, and then all of a sudden the you know the trophy and everybody else fumble, and they go around passing the trophy. And then you see Tom Brady. Everyone has you know their unique intro. Uh, obviously, Franco Harris catches the tip, an immaculate reception off that. So everybody has a unique, unique uh, introduction, which is significant of, you know, their playing style. Barry Sanders was breaking, you know, spin moves and everything, and prime time was showboating. But then you see Tom Brady, you know, sitting down, and Tom Brady takes off, of course, all of his rings. And I just <laughs> thought about it like, you know, I thought about it like how many players, former players, Hall of Famers, are sitting in this room going, oh, I hate Tom. Right. You know, like <laughs> how obnoxious is Tom for having that one be his thing? <laughs> right, right, right. So, 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 Britton, what do you, what do you think about this new league? So, I love it. I've seen one game, and I'm a hundred percent sold on it. Um, it's more of a laboratory for um, the NFL to try out new things. And I say that to say uh, they have a few rule differences. Uh, you don't you don't kick the ball off after uh, after a score. Uh, each team starts on the 25-yard line. Um, you also uh, can't go for a point after touchdown. You have to go for two. There's some unique rule changes and unique differences, um, which we could possibly see maybe one day in the NFL or the NFL Rules Committee could take up. But the validity of the league versus something that you've seen in uh, the XFL or something, this looks serious. They were playing real football. They were running real formations. You have you have names like Steve Spurrier back on the sidelines, Singletary, um, Schottenheimer. So mm. you see these guys really playing 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 well, and this also gives guys those guys who go to maybe mid major schools, 
another opportunity to use this maybe almost like a G League, if you will, for football. So I'm I'm sold. So I'm, I'll probably be trying to go catch a game in person. So so Brent, what do you think the salaries are going to be like in that league? Oh, they don't. They, I don't think they can pay the. Interest. But nonetheless, <laughs> I definitely think. I definitely think they should be worried about our next segment, the government shutdown. But is <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth, it's it's great. It's on network television. They got great commentators. Uh, hopefully, I think it's funny. These guys are playing like semi-pro or. Pro professional football, and they're all still like, I still got a shot at the NFL. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if 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 the if the Redskins call tomorrow, I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm, out I'm leaving. Right. I'm leaving Birmingham. <laughs> That's right. So so one of the things I I like about this new and I really haven't gotten into it, but it, it's going to satisfy my craving for more football. Now that the season's over, so I'm definitely looking forward to watching that. So Britton, you you brought up the government. Shut down. We'll, we'll shift gears a bit and, and let Gary kind of chime in. You know, this government shutdown's been all in the news. We've got another one potentially looming. Any thoughts or insights on that, Gary? Yeah, it's just the classic "don't put all your eggs in one basket" type of situation. Mm. A lot of people are learning that what they thought was secure isn't as secure, as secure as they thought. True. I actually know somebody. Who, he had, a, you know, so I got a sweet government job. He started gambling, betting, <laughs> lost. I was like, but I got this sweet job. And then, of course, he came in and said, oh, we've been furloughed. Uh, uh, but he owes like 4K from uh-huh. just gambling. <laughs> and so I know a lot of stories where people, they were, they thought, what they thought was safe mm. turned out to be not so safe. Mm. And now they're like, all right, what do I do now? Now launching midlife crises. Oh, the second one coming out, like, what do I do with a second one? Mm-hmm. Do I got to call all the creditors and everything like that? And of course, the banks are you know starting to cash in, and businesses starting to cash. In. Oh, we'll give you free food, you know, for the government workers to try to capitalize on the situation. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just a good wake up call of you might want to like maybe start a small business on the side or diversify your skill sets or something like that, and just not put all your eggs in one basket and just relax. Because when people think that everything is sweet, they kick their feet up and relax, and that's when danger can come in very smoothly. Yeah, it comes in smoothly. <laughs> one of the things that amazed me is how many people are are just one paycheck away from disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw people at food banks and in bread lines just after missing one paycheck. Yeah. It just really makes you think about how you budget and, and making sure you have the savings. Ted, what are your thoughts? No, I, I agree totally. And, I, and as a, a government contractor for probably 20 plus years and never seen anything like this to this degree Mm -hmm. and definitely uh, makes you think about things your personal finances a lot differently because uh, as a contractor not only were the government employees impacted uh, a lot of small businesses were impacted i have a a a friend a business owner that said he had probably a hundred or so staff that you know they were continuing to pay during the shutdown and there's a there's no guarantee that they're going to get any money, you know, to uh, to cover for that for those for, for keeping those people uh, keeping those folks on board. So you know, it's definitely a tough situation. Uh, you know, hopefully, something can be figured out between now and the and the fifteenth. But um, you know, it's just it, it's definitely uh, definitely an eye opening uh, situation. Britton, your thoughts on that? 
Well, when you see lawmakers say, you know, today, or just a few days ahead of a, the next potential shutdown, uh, lawmakers saying things like, you know, there's a 50-50 chance a deal could get done. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, Doesn't sound it really is alarming. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. You know, there's a there's a there's a 50-50 chance that we could potentially do a deal, um, and so it it's one thing that you kind of have to uh, say. One, we can't base our model of government off of that um, going forward, and you know, who knows? It may be a while before we start to see it and spill over into our election process. Uh, because these are unique areas, uh, we've seen already the longest shutdown, then to follow it up with a temporary, you know, temporary stopgap, only to potentially go into another shutdown who, with an infinite timeline. Um, this may be something that may make folks a lot more politically engaged. Yes, diversify yourself, have more... Um, you know, control over your finances, affect, you know, pay attention to your budgeting. But also, this was, this is actually in the hands of voters. You know, well, you actually may now want to become more politically involved and inclined and engaged so you can be proactive in that. Yeah, you know, Britton, I agree with you. And I, I always tell people, I think, I'm going to sound crazy when I say this. I think the government shut down. I think even if you didn't vote for the person in the White House, if you happen to be a Democrat and you don't agree, I think this is all a good thing. And here's why I say that, because it forces you to really be involved now. The days of just what, sitting right. on the sidelines and saying, oh, I'm not going to vote because my vote doesn't count. Now you're, you see what a difference your vote can make. And what the result and elections have results. And so I think that's a good thing. I think people are more active in the process. I, I'll be willing to bet there's going to be someone that runs for office mm. that wouldn't have normally mm. because they, they want well, to you, go ahead, Britain. Yeah. Well, you saw that you saw that, you know, uh, more people and there are more polls that have come out to say more people have gotten engaged in the electoral process and even at their local level. Uh, but one of the interesting things about this, you know, most recent shutdown was that you started to see it outside of the Beltway. Typically, a lot of politics happens in the Beltway. That's where we think about it. We think about Washington. We think about the government contractors and federal workers there. But when you look at those people who were really impacted, it's folks who work at Yellowstone National Park. Mm -hmm. that Yellowstone National Park is shut down, or Mount Rushmore. People who have never even been to D.C., weren't even thinking about politics, don't watch the news much, but now their college-age college kids' tuition was compromised as a result of them not going to work and getting a paycheck. And then you so also, it's made them more politically involved. And then you also don't think about or the, uh, the food trucks in D.C., right? right? I mean, yeah. there's so many folks that were impacted by... The shutdown. You're just talking just the government workers, and then you're thinking the contractors, and then you're thinking vendors. I mean, just the kind of that whole kind of spillover impact of the the shutdown is major. And I just think, man, you know, everybody's just starting to tell me everything they blame on the shutdown now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, hey man, why you ain't call me back last Thursday, man? You know the government shut down. I'm like, what, what, what does that have to do? You know, 
<laughs> with that, right? So, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a serious matter. Hopefully, they can come to to some type of an agreement on this. But I guess, you know, I'm just looking at this from a standpoint of it. Just seems like all this is just about either it's going to be a line item that says wall or lot or not. Like that's really what it is, because you know, you hear one side that's saying wall funding and the other side that's saying border security. Like by the 15th, are they going to be saying the same? Are they going to come to a compromise that one is going to be saying border security and the other one's going to say wall? Or are they going to be like wall slash border security? I mean, you know, how are they going to get to that place when it sounds like it's more of a kind of just all about just the, the wording? Yeah. Well, right now, right now, it's, the, it's about numbers. It's about numbers because, of course, the president's throwing out a number that he needs for, um, you know, a permanent structure. And now the word has, yes, it has evolved from wall to permanent structure or permanent fixture. So now you're talking about the president's wanting $5.7 billion, and then lawmakers are talking about we'll give you $1.3 billion, and now there's some middle ground compromise where it's almost around $2, two billion. So it's, it's weird that we're, yes, literally talking about shutting down the government over a wall, but again, that's, uh, <laughs> that, unfortunately, that's the, that's the nature of the beast um, when you talk about the political power and the, who, holds the, who holds the purse. Yeah, no, and it's interesting talking about politics. It seems like now we've got like fifty-eight people running for president. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. You know, it, it's so bad. Matter of fact, I'm forming exploratory. Yeah, <laughs> I never brought that up when we were talking today, but you know, you got, you got my vote. Figure why not? You know, still my hat in the ring here. You might as well. Hey, as as a tagline, it works. Twigs twenty twenty. Twenty twenty twigs. Yeah. I, hey, hey, you might be onto something. <laughs> That's right. Throw my hat in the ring there. But so uh, kind of shifting gears to business, we're talking about this government shutdown. Ted, how do you see that this is impacting businesses? I, I really think the way that it's impacting businesses, again, we're constant small businesses, large businesses. We're looking for business opportunities, especially uh, within the federal government space. And, and if they're shut down, <laughs> there's not much you can you can do in that situation and, and then there's all these agencies that are that are not shut down but then when you talk to them they're saying the agencies that are shut down there's these connections mm -hmm. that are impacted right so mm -hmm. and so in that situation it's kind of like you know you don't really know which way to you know to to go in this you don't know how to plan in this you don't know where is the best place to put your your marketing dollars and you know, so it just kind of has has a, has business owners uh, that are looking at the government market in in in, in limbo at this point. So, so one of the things I, I think if, if we've got business owners listening, I, you know, I work with business owners and I see some blame, like we talked about, I see some blame being placed on the shutdown. And oh, you know, sales are slow because of the shutdown. Well, what did you do last week to improve business? And there's silence on the other end of the phone. Right. So we we can't just use that as a crutch. We need to make sure that we're doing everything we can because there's there are other businesses in the same economy, the same dealing with the same shutdown that are still having success. And, and we still need to seize the moment and make sure that we're we've got good processes in place from a business standpoint. 
Gary, what, what yeah. are your thoughts? You work with a lot of business owners. Yeah, I was about to say something similar. Um, when that happens, I'm like, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try this? Well, I noticed a lot of the small businesses mm-hmm. are, are kind of scared because they've been doing it the same way mm-hmm. right. for so long. Yeah. And then when you introduce something new, in their mind, they think it's going to destroy the entire business. They're going to lose all their customers and everything. So actually getting them to do something and pivot is extremely difficult because mm-hmm. even it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. People call me in for consulting. Uh, or how to grow their business. They, I give them a plan. They're like, um, but that's different from the way I've been doing it. Well, duh. Like, what did you bring me in for? You, but, but they really wanted me to. They really, they really wanted to secretly see if I can make their plan work <laughs> again. Right. Like revitalize their plan. Right. And I come in with it. Oh, the reason that's not working because people don't do that anymore. They don't. That's that's old school style. Right. You might want to run an ad, or you might want to create a YouTube, Instagram, or something like that. They're like, oh no. But what about walking traffic? Well, there's but things like Uber Eats and stuff, people don't have to, in Amazon, you don't have to walk down mm-hmm. the block anymore to get something. You can sure, order it. Sure. And you don't even have a website or a functional website, e-commerce. But, uh, can we somehow bring back the walk-in traffic? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I get that. And so I think for, you know, for most biz, small businesses, at least from what I know, it's the same problem of you can tell them one thing, but that pivot, when they see that work that's involved in pivoting and having to go, they don't need, they want to do it, but they don't want to do it. They're kind mm. of stuck in that limbo. Mm. And for me, it's hard to work. It's difficult to work with them. Absolutely. But that's what I see. I just noticed that fear of they want to change, but they don't really want to change. They're hoping that you can bring it back the way that it used to be. The good old days, that good old days syndrome. Like, what about making today great? No, no, today sucks. Yeah. I want the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I have, a, I, have a, I have a question, though, and we talked about, you know, in preparation for things like a shutdown or um, as people look to budget, you know, that they maybe should diversify their streams of income. But, you know, and as I sit around the state, you know, having this conversation with a, a group of uh, people who have had that entrepreneurial spirit, how significant is that? Because everybody doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. So, Britain, Everybody doesn't have have that get out and go get it. Are you saying that I should have more than one stream of income? I definitely believe you should have multiple streams. (laughs) Wow, man. (sighs) But that's kind of tough, though, for that person that's been doing the same job for the past 20, 30 years to try (laughs) to say, okay, well, okay, let me start this. I mean, what do you Go start a paper route. I mean, I mean <laughs> you know, you know, what you, I'm start doing hair. I mean, I, mean, oh, no, I hear, I hear, uh, even for employees, they're like, well, I've been in the factory for 20 years. I mean, you learned that, so I'm assuming you can learn something else too. Yeah. But because they've been doing it so long, they just don't believe they can learn a new skill at all. Like, oh, that technology. I'm not saying learn to code. You don't have to go from being an auto mechanic to a programmer. Right. But there, you can pivot in other things in auto <laughs> that you can do, or that's some kind of engineering. I mean, you, you need to work with your hands. I mean, you can go into another field or do both, but they just, they just don't see it. It's like, I've been doing this 50 years. Like, I'm just locked in. Well, yeah. you, how'd you learn that? I mean. Yeah. Change is, change is just tough, right? You know what I mean? Anytime right. there's a, you know, you're required to do something different or to think outside the box or, or to think as... I've heard someone say, think as if there's, I guess there, there's no box, right? There's no boundaries. I mean, that's, that's really, that's really tough. And the, the thing about us is, you know, everyone on this call and this uh, podcast, we're all uh, entrepreneurs, right? So as entrepreneurs, we think a certain way, mm-hmm. right? So it's easy for us because we're always thinking, we're always reinventing ourselves. 
-hmm. and you know and everyone's not that way they're not programmed that way so it's like oh yeah it's it's, just, it's almost like lebron saying yeah you dunk you just go down you just dribble and jump up and, and you dunk what well, you don't dunk what do you mean that's easy what do you mean you can't dunk i mean come on you i can't you know what do you mean you can't you know throw the ball 60 yards right you know yes, so. and, and we're talking about basketball Britain that kind of goes back to the to the nba all-star game i mean you know what, what are your what are your thoughts on that that's you know, usually a pretty interesting uh, exhibition game. I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I definitely like some of the new things that the NBA has done this year. Um, last couple of years, the NBA, well, last year was the first year NBA decided to let the two most popular vote getters in each league draft their all-star teammates. Mm. Uh, so, um, and we're getting away from those traditional all-star games where we used to see East versus West. Uh, because those balance of powers and the balance of best players has shifted. Right. So you have like 14 of the best players in the league over here and five of them over here, but you have to take 12 from where the, where you only have five. And right. you have to take only 12 where you have 14. So uh, this d does allow you to, to, to get some of the best players um, and mix them up, even like the, the way they do the NFL Pro Bowl. But – they televised the NBA televised the draft this year, which made for great television to watch LeBron and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo draft their teammates. Um, and I think the skills competition, the rising stars competition, those things are great aspects to NBA All-Star Weekend. So, um, And they also added like a legends category this year where um, even though Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki haven't had the typical All-Star season. They have had legendary career, Hall of Fame careers. So since they are having their uh, their last go, last hurrah tours around NBA cities, they decided to have those two guys be honorary All-Stars and drafted to the teams to play one final All-Star game. So I think it's going to be a, a, a good All-Star weekend. Charlotte, decent all-star city to to finally host it after they lost it a few years ago for political reasons. Right, right. So I, th I think it's going to be a, a, a good all-star, especially following this very funny and active trade deadline. Hey, Britton, I'm just impressed that you were able to pronounce the Greek freak's name. Yeah, That's <laughs> I was going to make you say it again because I knew you were going to say it a, di a, different, uh, a different way. I would have just said the Greek freak and moved on to the next thing, but you... <laughs> Yannick, the gabaga, gabaga. What he said. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, back, so back to those, 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 uh, those greats being a part of this, uh, what you say, Dirk Nowitzki and... Uh, Dwayne Wade. So I guess we know who's going to be the MVP, right? Because you remember when Kobe was out there, and I think even with Allen Iverson on their last season, it's like, I don't know, Kobe had like 93 points or something in the All-Star yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> just, they just keep feeding him the ball. So I think we know one of those guys will be the uh, the MVP well, of that game. Well, see, the difference was those two guys, those guys that you mentioned, like especially when Jordan played his last All-Star game and all these guys, they were uh, – in a different physical shape. Right. Um, Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki are happily play, happily coming off the bench, happily only playing 16 minutes a game. I don't think they're trying to go to this All-Star game and score 40, <laughs> either one of them. Uh, Dwayne Wade said 
his only goal for this All Star game is to throw an alley oop to LeBron. Well, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. They they gave the ball to to Kobe so many times in that All-Star. I thought they were trying to kill him. They were like, oh, it's almost like, oh, you've been wanting to shoot all your whole career. We're going to keep giving you the ball. We're going to keep giving it to you to a point that he, he looked exhausted from trying to shoot the ball anymore. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something you'll see You'll see this All-Star game, especially a lot of new faces um, in this, in this All-Star game. But uh, people talked about Team LeBron versus uh, Greek Freaks team, and uh, the the joke on social media was that the Greek freak couldn't draft. Mm. Uh, his his team is it's it's sad that you go into the All Star game and you're like um, a thirty point underdog <laughs> in the, the All Star game. I mean, you, you've gone you've gone wrong with your drafting somewhere. That's the case, <laughs> right? It's interesting. We talked about politics, uh, guys, and we didn't say anything about this whole kind of Virginia. Governor, governor's situation, which seems very, very, uh, I'll just say interesting. I mean, I, I think, Ted, on a subconscious level, nobody wants to be governor. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Deep down, that, that, that's the issue. Okay. They, they okay. just don't want to do it. So if you don't decide to run for president. That, that, that's all, that's an option, too. I can, I'm doing my exploratory committee, so I can always just that's right, you feel it. shift to the more local level there. <laughs> But yeah, that's interesting. I mean, all three of the the leaders of Virginia have got some scandal that they're locked into. Just and you know, it's 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 sad to see uh, to see the things that people are still engaged or still have been engaged in. And these weren't these aren't rookies. None of these people are political rookies. Um, so uh, the fact that you have folks wearing blackface in like the 80s i mean do you know how long that was after brown versus board of education you know it, it, it was it you know that's one of those that's one of the ones that you kind of should know better and as the situations progressed one guy says you know hey y'all caught me in a picture i wore blackface <laughs> and then a, another guy jumps out and says okay before y'all go looking, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and, and the worst part about it, it's gotten so bad that a Republican senator, you know, those are two two top Democrats that are elected. A Republican senator said, "Okay, I did it too." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what what happened was, you know, in the '80s, but. And it was so sad that they talked about, you know, hey, I only wore it because I was going to a Michael Jackson party. <laughs> and so um, there was a little playlist that went around, you know, for the Virginia legislators and executives. You know, it had songs on there like, you know, Black or White and by Michael Jackson and, and so many other things, you know, Smooth Criminal and uh, Beat It, you know. So, <laughs> but it, it's a sad state to where um, – you start to see people like, like you said, Eric. Nobody wants to be governor. Like everybody's taking their name out of the out of that. Well, I wore it too, so I don't. I can't be it. So, <laughs> this stuff just makes so. you. This stuff makes you think, though, boy. Anything that you've done, like I'm thinking about my life. I'm thinking about you know stuff that I did in the third grade. I mean, so, you know, some of that stuff may come out. You know, I, I you know, I, maybe I stole a cupcake or something. Or, I mean, yeah, this type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to come back up at any time. Like, where do people like, get all this 
information. But in that situation, it's a, it's a yearbook, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. like, how hard was that for you, for you to find, right? I mean, you had to know at some point, you know, somebody's going to do some, you know, everything is on the web that you can somehow get your hands on some something documented. Maybe, but not in the 80s now. Right. <laughs> yeah. think about it then, yeah. but now you can get everything. Right, right. But no, one of the things, you know, I from time to time, I talk to youth groups. I talk to people in college. One of the things that my takeaway from this whole thing is that your decisions matter. Yeah. And we've all, we've all been that young guy. Some of us, Britton and Gary, are still that young still guy. Young guy uh, right? right. But you make these decisions and don't think it's going to have an impact. You really have to think about your choices. But it's going to be so much easier in the future, right? Because people just post stuff right now yeah. all the time. You'll look online. You'll see somebody posting a picture of just whatever, doing whatever. And it's like, they should just know. You should just know not to run for anything because your social media world is just full of stuff that's going to, you know, make it difficult for you to do anything. Right. Yeah, but we're also in the age well, of fake, you know, well, fake the argument is, <laughs> Well, the argument is... It, I guess it looks like we're moving to a future where we may either be desensitized to it mm, yeah. and then mm. as long as you come out forward with it, people won't care. Mm. Like, for instance, all of these, you know, you know, the president was recently elected and there were a lot of things that came out over the course of over the life of his campaign. So it's almost like if people know about it, we can deal with it. And but the question is, what what is it that we can deal with? Is it is it sexual assault? Is it racism? Is it what are the acceptable? What is the unacceptable? Where where are those lines? So. No, that's a it depends on how point. you respond. Like Trump, you know, you just can't get to him. So people, there was a bunch of fake outrage, but because you don't get to him, they're like, oh, we can't be mad at him because he's not responding. But for other people, once they see you crack. And you get that fake outrage culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people be mad at everything, especially now. The comedians, like that's why they don't do colleges anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they can't do a joke. Right. Now, mm-hmm. You know, people attacking them. You know, a riot breaking out. It's called the uh, the era of the easily offended. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we are now at the segment of our show where we go around the horn. That's where each of us. Talked for five minutes or so about <laughs> five minutes <laughs> or less than five minutes. We'll, we'll go with uh, 30 seconds. How about that? <laughs> Eric, Eric that, that was almost like this wall compromise. We're going to shut this show down. <laughs> we're talking five. We're talking <laughs> We won't do that to our listeners. So, so we'll, we'll just go with 30 seconds for today. All right. So, so starting with Ted, let's go around the hall. What's on your mind? What's on my mind? You know, just, again, can't really take my mind off the whole shutdown situation, right? We're all on kind of, you know, I guess pins and needles to find out what's going to happen on the 15th. I mean, I guess I guess people are going to be, you know, real careful about <laughs> Valentine's Day this year, right? <laughs> be like, yeah. um, hey, where are we going for that? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I guess you can use the shutdown as an excuse. Right? <laughs> like, like, you know there's an impeding shutdown tomorrow. Time's so. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Come on over. I'm, I'm make a grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> or something. So the thought that counts. Yes, yeah, right. It's the, right. It's the thought that counts, right? So, so yeah, that's the the main the main thing that I'm thinking about is is it's is what's going to happen between now and the 15th. Are they going to, you know, they're going to come back with another three week extension, right? Or they're going to, you know, put something together that's going to take us, you know, to the, you know, the end of the uh, the fiscal year, September 30th. So it's yeah, that's pretty much what you know what I'm thinking. Of, what I'm thinking about. Okay, uh, Britain. 
So I'm excited to watch uh, Alicia Keys host the Grammys. Um, I want to see, and I love seeing people evolve in their careers, you know, and I guess this goes back to something we talked about with people not settling, you know, on doing one thing for so long. You know, Alicia Keys is a perfect example of seeing someone who strives to, initially strives to be a Grammy award-winning artist, accomplishes all those things, and then now she's at a plateau where, okay, I want to host the Grammy. So I love seeing those those areas as we are in award season, an award show season. So um, I'm looking forward to watching uh, A-Keys host the Grammys. I'm doing an awesome job. Excellent, excellent. Gary? Um, well, two things. Instagram, I'm looking at Instagram as they focus on shopping. Uh, they're really heavy, are really investing into like e-commerce and allowing stores to uh, shop and they're trying to make themselves kind of like a big window shopping platform. So that's going to be interesting because uh, I can definitely do a lot with that mm -hmm. as far as marketing to you know, small shops and putting them on Instagram with those new tools. And then I'm also looking at Spotify because they just bought Anchor, which is a podcast platform. So I want to see what they're going to do with that. Mm -hmm. And then another service called Bytes. Uh, which will be out in a few months, which is from the makers of Vine, which did all video stuff before Instagram kind of shut them down. So they're coming back with a new social media platform. So I want to see what goes on with that. And then I'm also watching TikTok, which is a social media platform for like kids, like super short videos. So the teenagers are on that. So I basically watch what the kids do because whatever they do, that kind of determines the directions of what business is going to do, what's going to mm -hmm. be hot. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of watch what's you know, the 19, 16, 17, you know, to 19 year olds are up to. So they're in a good way, not a perv way. So they're driving the industry. Wow. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Gary. So my thing is back to this thing with the government shutdown. Hmm. And people, I used to talk to people, oh, I'm getting my good government job. And people that tend to seek security. The question. I want the listeners to really dwell on and my, my glass is always half full so don't take this question the wrong way but you have to ask yourself if heaven forbid something happened and your job your income was taken away what would you do how long could you go I mean, these are things that that we have to think about and I have a friend, her name is Ebony McMore. She's a radio personality. I heard her say something, and I really think this is true. You have to make your purpose your plan A and your job your plan B. So what that purpose, that business that's in your heart, that thing that you're passionate about, is there a way that you can monetize that? And I think in, in today's economy, I think you have to be focused on what your passion is and not just settle for security. That's my take on Around the Horn. We've just completed the 30-minute hour. That's our show for this week. Great. Look forward to talking to you next time. Signing, signing off.